Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, welcome to Roundtable, where we serve up piping hot debates on the issues that sizzle in China and beyond. I'm Niu Honglin, sitting in for He Yang. Coming up, we continue Roundtable's year-end review. The soon-to-passed 2023 has seen China escalate its role as a global hub for cultural exchange. Events including China International Import Expo and the Hangzhou Asian Games have become platforms not only for trade and sports but also for a vibrant interchange of cultural expressions. In today's program, we'll take a look at some of the amazing moments of communication in 2023. Also, as the year 2024 approaches, a significant transformation is underway in how the New Year festivals are celebrated. From New Year's Day to the Spring Festival, a growing number of young people are stepping up to curate the celebratory menus for their families, infusing traditional festivities with fresh perspectives and creativity. We'll discuss how they are doing. For today's show, I'm joined by Josh Cotter on the line and Yu Shun in the studio. Now, grab your virtual compass and follow us to the heart of the discussion. The bridge between cultures and civilizations is built through the language of understanding, the exchange of ideas, and the shared embrace of diversity. As of 2023, China has been at the forefront of cultivating platforms that serve as fertile grounds for various forms of cultural exchange. But can you give us some of the examples of such events? What are some of the most prominent international events or occasions that's being held or observed here in China during the past year? Yeah, of course. This year we have witnessed several big international events and activities.、Mm. Right. First of all, we know that this year marks 10-year anniversary of China's Belt and Road Initiative, and we had a lot of expos this year. The sixth. China International Import Expo and also the CIFTAS 2023 China International Fair for Trading Services, and also we had our first China International Supply Chain Expo, which is CISCE in Beijing on November 28th, and we also had a lot of sports events, Asian Game in Hangzhou and the 2023 FISU World. University Games, also known as the 2023 Summer Universiade, took place from July 28th to August 8th、mm. in Chengdu in China, and also a lot of cultural and art activities like the Silk Road International Cultural Expo, which I attended, and the 81st World Science Fiction Convention, or also known as WorldCon, which is a you know global event. That is also held in Chengdu, so we can see whether it's national or international events. The variety and types of these activities are becoming increasingly diverse, and、um, this trend reflects also. I think a growing abundance of cultural exchanges.、Mm, thank you very much for refreshing our memories. And I realize that many of these activities have been, you know, major topics of、mm. discussion here on Roundtable. But previously, we mainly focused on the main activities or the main theme of such occasions, or events, or fairs and expos. We talk about how, for example, import expo would affect our daily lives with all these imported. 
goods and or these fascinating new technologies. And we also talk about Worldcon in mm. the aspect that science fiction can be something add a lot of light and color to our lives. But as Yushun has already suggested, all these experiences or these events or these activities are actually also great platforms for different ideas, different cultures, and sometimes even different civilizations to have a little bit of exchange of understanding towards each other. It's great to foster mutual understanding. And Josh, do you remember any of those activities and what's your impression about them? Yeah, of course, they were huge. I think that one of the events that left the longest lasting impression on me was probably the Hanzhou Asian Games. And um, as a sports fan myself, I've I've always thought that sports really are often the, the greatest opportunity that we have for cultural communication, because as is the nature of international competition, you have to have a diversity of participants, a diversity of stars, right? That's the nature of the event. Um, and the Asian Games brought together so many athletes and officials, spectators from such a wide range of um, Asian countries. And, uh, you know, I think that, uh, and other countries as well. So I think that this this was really a beautiful opportunity for cultural exchange. It was the same in the Winter Olympics and, and every Olympic Games as well. And of course, the media coverage that comes with it. I know that CGTN was, um, you know, covering a lot of this as well and um, also other media outlets. And so this also uh, brings a lot of, almost forces all of these different media outlets to communicate together, right? Um, which is pretty rare. Uh, you don't see that um, in many other mediums and realms other than sports. So um, I think that there's something quite wonderful about that. Um, and also, I knew some of the people covering that event, so I was interested in it as well. So uh, yeah, I think that's the one that stood out to me the most. Yeah, of course. Also mentioning the you know Asian Games, it was the largest Asian Games ever, mm. the 19th Asian Games. Um, around 12,000 athletes from 45 countries and regions shared these unforgettable moments in Hangzhou in south of China, marking the third time that China has hosted the Continental Multisports event following Beijing in 1990 and Guangzhou in 2010. And also, I think what it was fascinating about Asian game is that we can see a lot of um, sports types that was newly added into the list of these, you know, games. For example, what I think one of the sports that it has been getting so many attention is eSport. And sure. uh, a lot of people are just focusing on these, I think, games and matches and seeing their favorite gamer or athletes <laughs> to, you know, actually compete for their country. So I think, yeah, that is also one of the points that this game is is not only providing people, athletes and platform to compete, but also exchange ideas and culture between different countries. One very interesting point about this year's Asian game is that it is or it covers the period of the traditional Chinese festival that is the Mid-Autumn Festival, mm. which means that athletes from all around the world get to experience this traditional Chinese holiday or festival here. They enjoy themselves with activities such as making lanterns, Chinese knots and paper cutting. And I think that's the beauty of going into a different country 
or experiencing different cultures. That is, you get to actually have a hands-on experience instead of learning about it, listening about it, even watching videos or movies about it. If you get to actually make a Chinese lantern with your own bare hands. With certain materials provided, of course, it is definitely a different experience, and、uh, that is why we say, on top of being one of the national level or international level of sports platform, Asian Game also provides people with the opportunity of experiencing the Chinese culture. And I still remember our colleagues Yang Gong and Brendan covered、mm-hmm. the event, and、yeah. they have interviewed many of the athletes. Audiences as well as reporters there, and many of them have mentioned that Chengdu left a great impression on them. They enjoyed local food. They some of them enjoyed even the tea house. Let's say experience in、mm. Chengdu, and also the very chill and wonderful lifestyle of the、mm. city, and that is why in the Chinese language sometimes we say culture and sports are together. Wen ti bu fen jia, they are、right. together. They are always related to each other because through one event you get to experience. At least to the other, and in the meantime, Yushun has mentioned that this year in China we have witnessed a lot of major fairs and expos,、mm. and these expos usually would be centered around economic development or trade, something related to the financial area.、Right. Yet, they have also become opportunities or platforms for cultural exchange. Right. For example, the renowned CIIE. Right. The sixth China International Import Expo, which is the world's biggest import fair, was held in Shanghai from November fifth to November tenth, and that attracted representatives from more than from one hundred fifty-four countries and regions and international organizations, and、um, it saw a total of more than seventy-eight billion U.S. dollars worth of tentative deals reached for. One-year purchases of goods and services, which is setting a record high, and、um, we can see it is not only a trade fair but also a platform for different and、um, diverse cultural exchanges. Right, cultural exchange is one of the four functional platforms of the, this annual China International Import Expo. This year, cultural activities have been presented by many artists. From six countries, there's Spain, New Zealand, Malaysia, South Korea, Indonesia, and Fiji, as well as by artists from 31 provinces, autonomous regions, and municipalities on the Chinese mainland, as well as Hong Kong and Macau. Nearly 100 cultural and artistic performances take place on the grand stage of the CIIE. Yes. So, Josh, did you notice any、uh, specific examples demonstrating culture, heritage, or fun skills of different cultures on the CIIE? Yeah.、Um, well, there were quite a lot of them, and、uh, as was mentioned, there were presented by artists from six different countries. One example was the Maori cultural performances, which were showcased during the CIIE, and the Maori cultural performance is also known、um, as the haka. Which、Ooh. is from New Zealand. Yes,、mm. uh, I'm always pretty interested in this actually because my mum is from New Zealand,、Ooh. and so,、uh, but she's she's not Maori, um, <laughs> and uh, uh, but but still the hacker. If if anybody's ever been to New Zealand or, for example, watched New Zealand play any sport, especially rugby or something like this, you'll know that the hacker 
is a really significant part of um, New Zealand's culture and Maori culture. So um, I'm pretty familiar with that with that dance and that that war chant, which is what it actually is. It has a lot of really interesting um, synchronized movements and chanting and things like this. Um, there was another example, which was from an Italian craftsman who presented a carving at the CIIE. Um, and this was uh, Cairo Esposito, uh, who is nearly 60 years old and was born in uh, to a carving family, apparently. And he's studied the use of carving tools since he was seven years old. And he became pretty famous in Italy uh, and in other countries as well. And this is the third time that Esposito has participated in this expo. So that was also pretty incredible. Yes, and all these activities are not only fun to watch as someone who um, would attend or try to participate in such activities as a ordinary guest, you would find all these activities quite entertaining. And in the meantime, they are great chances or great opportunities to introduce your beloved skills or culture to another country or actually to the entire world. And there are usually specialized forums and activities surrounding these major expos and affairs. Mm. You would be able to attend forums or summit or uh, panel discussions and talks. And why do you think these can always be found during these expos? Um, because First of all, we say it is cultural exchange and one part of it, I think, is communication. And these, I think, form of conferences or forums can offer people these opportunities to actually, you know, talk to each other and exchange their ideas or understandings. Because I think, you know, cultural exchange can actually develop or promote a deeper understanding of different no matter its traditions or customs or ways of life, just like, you know, these Maori cultures, right? Um, exposure to these diverse cultures promotes, I think, tolerance or empathy or appreciation for the richness of human diversity and humanity even. So I think these forums and um, these conferences can actually give people this chance to actually, you know, have a better understanding with each other. Yes, let alone that they can actually use these platforms to network, to share the latest knowledge about their industry, to form a community, to learn about policies and uh, have all these different kinds of ideas sharing. But of course, uh, on top of being the sideline of these majorly economic centered activities, we do have many cultural activities and right. cultural conferences and fun festivals. Let's start with the festivals. I love the festivals the most. Mm. There are many film festivals in the past right. year of 2023. Some happened here in Beijing, in Hainan. And there is the one that Roundtable has put a lot of heart into. That is the Golden Panda Awards. Mm. I think each one of us has recommended several movies that's been nominated during the Golden Panda Awards, and we were quite good. Many of our pick actually won the awards. Whoa. Seems like we have the same taste with the judges. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, this Golden Panda Awards is actually the first Golden Panda Awards, but it is quite international, and um, it is a cultural initiative honoring achievements in the fields of film, TV, documentary and animation. It's open to the world to collect and select outstanding film and TV works. 
and also aims to foster cultural exchanges and create a global community with a shared future. The Golden Panda Awards takes place. Now we know that every two years, and is permanently hosted in Sichuan, which is in southwest of China. So this year, the first Golden Panda Awards was held in Chengdu from September the nineteenth to twentieth, and the award received a total of more than seven thousand film and television works as submissions. Among the ninety nominated works, fifty-three were overseas entries, and we can see that not only Chinese works were appreciated, and also international works have been joined the line of competing this Golden Panda Awards.、Mm. So, Josh, are you a huge movie fan, or just a movie fan? Massive, absolutely <laughs> massive movie fan. What、yeah. What is your favorite foreign movie? Foreign for you for the past twenty twenty three. Oh my goodness! I I wasn't ready for that question. I mean, <laughs> Too I, many. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm such a big movie fan that those kind of questions really, really、uh, I struggle with. I really struggle with. I mean, when I think of this year, I, I mean, I'm going to sound like such a a movie snob and or something, but I I actually need time to process some of these films. And so when I when I think about my favorite film of the year. I don't always think about the film that was necessarily released in 2023 because it's kind of like the film that I processed this year or like I rewatched.、Uh, I thought was really excellent.、Um, yeah. So there is a film called Triangle of Sadness,、um, oh, which、yeah. stars、uh, Woody Harrelson,、uh, Harris Dickinson, and there's another actress that sadly passed away after、uh, that it was filmed,、um, and.、Uh, Yeah,、uh, I thought that film was really, really beautiful.、Um, I, I, I did,、um, and、uh, this was like a comedy. It was a very dark comedy, and it really sort of split audiences. Some people thought it was pretty tasteless, and that its commentary was not that intelligent. But I think that it was interesting because it really depend depended on how you were brought up,、mm. and it really made it really made fun of sort of the super rich and also the fashion industry and. Gluttony and all of these things, and I, I, I really love this movie. I found it hilarious. So,、mm. um, that movie stood out to me a lot. I, I must say, if I had to choose one, but、uh, that was more towards the end of 2022. But I rewatched it about three times in 2023. Well, the so, reason does I, that count? Yeah, yeah, sure. The reason I ask、okay. you this question is to just to build up to my next question. <laughs> that is,、um, when do you start, or、uh, let's just say, when you Appreciate a movie from another culture. Do you find it a special kind of experience, or do you have this kind of, let's say,、uh, intention of actively select movies from different cultures to appreciate? Because for me personally, when I was just you know in high school or even in university, I watched mainly Chinese movies and also movie in English, so that it's easier for me to understand. But gradually, I started to watch a lot of movies from. Um, for example, Spain, from Italy, from of course France, and I realized that they have definitely different type, different vibe, different kinds of way to tell the story, and I was drawn to it. And I realized it's sometimes not only about the storyline, the、uh, arc of a character, it's also about how it's presented, and that has a lot to do with the background of the director of the. 
actors and actresses and the producers, and it's quite interesting to be able to appreciate all these different kinds of works from different cultures and countries. And my starting point was actually a movie festival, which is why I'm a fan of movie festivals. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's it's quite easy to get stuck in your bubble, you know, with with it with anything when it comes to. Art or information, right? We know that it can be quite difficult to break out of it, even if you want to, because your your options are only limited to those things that you're exposed to. And sometimes you have to make that active effort to appreciate maybe other movies and things like this. And film festivals are a brilliant way to do that. A lot of my friends that regularly attend film festivals, um, they they say that they love it for this specific reason because they discover or even rediscover films that maybe they didn't play. Cl- Pay close enough attention to, or maybe because the film didn't have、uh, good enough translations or subtitles or something like this. This can also be a big factor that、um, film festivals usually take really good care of, right? Especially when it comes to translating properly, which, as we know, can be very difficult sometimes.、Um, and then you know, maybe some films have been dubbed or something like this. There's also a lot of film festivals that replay older movies and things like this. So. Uh, they are really important, and they also give an opportunity for new filmmakers. I know to submit brand new films, and if you look at a lot of really established directors today, and if you go back and look at their really early portfolio, film festivals often play a crucial role in giving them that platform to demonstrate maybe their first short film or their first film that was probably much lower budget than the films they're making today. And that is specifically the reason that I'm very happy to see that there are many established and also growing number of emerging festivals here in China, and hopefully in the year 2024 we get to enjoy more. And on top of、yeah. movie festivals, of course, activities related to history and art is also something that we can appreciate and enjoy quite so much. And I know for a fact that Yushun has some personal experience、mm. in these. Activities. Oh yeah. So as I mentioned before, I attended the sixth Silk Road Dunhuang Cultural Expo, and super it, jealous. <laughs> yes. Um. I think the point is that it was held in the city of Dunhuang,、yeah. which is northwest China's Gansu Province, and this city is just you know. I just don't have more words to say aside from fascinating and enchanting. <laughs> yes, and、um, since its inception in 2016, this expo has aimed to promote. Cultural exchanges and cooperation between China and countries along the Silk Road. So this year's event featured a series of activities, including seminars, exhibitions, and cultural performances. And I have to say, I had a great experience in Dunhuang, and、um, I think Dunhuang is also just the perfect place for this event. Not only because you know these attractive Dunhuang culture, but also the Dunhuang holds immense cultural and historical importance as a major stop along China's ancient Silk Road, and this city served as a vital crossroads for trade and cultural exchanges between China, Central Asia, and the West. And yeah, I think it is absolutely you know connecting the past and the future. You know, Dunhuang, this place, and also. Um, the relics we can see in the Mogao Caves, which is located in Dunhuang, there are a lot of lo- relics that was actually not from China. They are from the West, and、um, that is a place that is jointly created by different cultures. And we can see 
now it is also becoming a place for this type of cultural exchange. And yeah, it is just fascinating and interesting to see such events. Yes, and I think it's safe to say these events have set the stage for an unprecedented level of cultural dialogue, showcasing how the country is using its global stage to bridge cultures through various forms of art, sports, and media. This year has underscored more than ever the critical role that communication plays in our world. It's the bridge that connects us, the lifeline in times of need, and the foundation upon which we build understanding and empathy. As we look Look to the future. Let's commit ourselves to nurturing and expanding the platforms for dialogue and exchange, whether it's through technology, art, or simply everyday conversations. Each of us has the power to contribute to a world where bridges are built more often than walls.